Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We are recording live in New York City. We are. We brought, well, Matt brought all the podcast equipment with him. So much podcasting equipment. Really just to trick trick Scott Mosher into doing a Phoebe. Yeah. Hear that, everyone? (laughs) He's tricking Scott Mosher into doing a Phoebe, which means I don't have to imitate Scott anymore. Those are words probably 90% of the audience doesn't understand. Um, Anyway. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Dory Shafrir. We are doing a podcast on Sunday. It's going up tonight. I meant to have two of these ready to go before we left, and here we are. This is episode 23. Yes, 23 and us. 23 is a prime number. Uh, that's true. I assume. You have a mathlete trophy. I do not. I also really like prime numbers. What's so great about prime numbers? They're just cool. Okay. They're their own thing. They do what they do? Yeah. And no one else does it. They're like, fuck you, other numbers. I'm not going to let you divide me. Mm. So true. You know? 
Um, well, what's happening in the world of IVF right now? Well, not a ton. Um, well, it's not entirely true. We did find out the gender of. Oh embryo. yeah, we sure did. We we went we went gembryo. Yeah, I and mean, I don't know. Should we tell everyone? People people got kind of upset with us for telling people for. No, for articulating our preference. Oh, for uh, just uh, telling our deepest wants and desires to a yeah. public audience that gets our podcast for free? Yeah. I don't do. know. That's weird that they would get mad at us for that. Anyway, we got a girl. We did. Um, I found this out hilariously. I was next to my buddy Ross, good old Ross Benjamin. We were playing the two slot machines in the corner of the Cosmopolitan, the two Sons of Anarchy slot machines. Dory types, guess what? And when she types, guess what? <laughs> Ross hits a jackpot on the slot machine <laughs> for $1,600. <laughs> and I am simultaneously thrilled for Ross and a little sad on the inside that I didn't win my win that jackpot. And Matt took this as validation of his jackpot theory of pregnancy. Yes, of my jackpot IVF theory. I thought it was a f- real field research I was doing. Which I call crackpot IVF theory. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I needed to test the theory, and that's why I wrote <laughs> off that trip. Um, yeah, so I texted Matt, and I was just like, we got a girl. And Matt was pretty excited. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. We all know. I mean, We're cautiously listening. excited. It's like we tried this already. We put a yep. girl embryo in, and it didn't go anywhere. So yep. you can't. I don't think you're ever particularly um, okay with the process until after the process is done. No, which is something we which talk is something about we later. Which something we talk about later in this episode. We, we, it's the return of my two dads. Mark uh, Kushner returns, and this time a healthy Chris Barley, uh, his husband, uh, is on to speak with us as well. Yeah, and we should tell everyone, um, you know, I know we have a lot of listeners who struggle with infertility and we do talk about a real live baby on this episode so you know if you think that that's something that might upset you to listen to then yeah maybe don't listen to the rest of the podcast you do hear a cry a little bit in the background yeah but you also hear about like the what they went through and and yeah. what it was like for them at the hospital when they had to stand in the delivery room as two additional people who are never in the delivery room in that hospital they've never had a surrogate birth before they also had to look deep into a vagina Real deep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's an amazing episode and interview, but I just want to, I just want to put that out there. We love to issue trigger warnings on this podcast. I was refraining from calling it a trigger warning. Oh, I was not. But I'm sorry, everybody. Go ahead. Call it a trigger warning. Um, yeah. But before we get to the interview. Yes. We, we're going to do the regular half of the podcast. Yep. And then. Uh, and then on the back end, we're going to, we have some donors who I've uh, written some information for. Uh, the donations are pouring in, guys. Which uh, is awesome. Which is, we can't thank you enough. Um, and to thank you, I am writing a fact about each of you. But it's so many facts this week that I did not have time to finish the list. So I said to Dory, well, we're going to do it. We're going to crank out another episode anyway before we're gone. I mean, before we return to Los Angeles. So... I'll do the first half here, and I'll do the second half, plus whatever comes in this week. Yeah. 
And if you want to donate and have Matt give a fun fact about you, you can go to excellentadventure.com slash donate. That's that's the URL. Yeah, that's the URL. Pretty easy. Um so yeah, so should we dive into our massive pile of emails? Yeah. Is this double sided printing? Yeah, it's it's oh, always double sided printing. That is a thick pile. Oh wait, you know what? We have we have another we have another update. Okay. We have an update on the bonus episode. We have a bonus episode update, everybody. So if you remember last week, we said if we get to a thousand pre-orders of Startup, a novel mm-hmm. by Dory Shafrir, yep. that we would record a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. And I believe last week we had 450 or so pre-orders when we, when we put forth that challenge. Yeah. But if you all recall, Matt said he didn't think we would make. Just want to... Remind everyone that I didn't think we would make the challenge. Yeah, you or were I didn't like, think we'd get to the number we. Yeah, needed. you didn't think you didn't think we would get to a thousand. Well, I still don't. Okay, so you hear that, everyone? Mm-hmm. Let's prove Matt wrong. Please. Hashtag prove Matt wrong. Don't. That's a hashtag that's been around. We don't need it. Uh, okay, delete that hashtag. No, that's fine. Um, we are now at seven hundred pre-orders. That's great. Yeah, we need. 300 more pre-orders yeah so i feel like it's it's i feel like it's in our sights we need 300 more people who are thinking man i'd love a book to read over labor day weekend memorial Memorial day Day weekend weekend. fourth of july weekend sure on the toilet yeah any weekend really or any time any time you could order start up a novel by doris shafrir it's a hilarious debut novel everybody it is. And Dory says to me on the train today, what if I only have one novel in me? And then I said to her, then you have one novel in you. Or you could hire a factory and turn it out like Bosch books. And I thought, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, thanks to everyone who pre-ordered this week. And the rest of you, get to it. Get to it, guys. If you pre-order, we're going to do a long old mega episode. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. A bonus. Like one week, you're going to be like, what? Oh, my God. It's Wednesday, and there's a Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure? Yeah, it's going to be dope. It's not Sunday night, Monday morning. How is Um, this happening? And the other thing, one thing that I said last week, too, is that if I got on the New York Times bestseller list, we would do something else, quote unquote. Did you arrive at what something else is? Well, and I'd thrown she out the idea. Talk to me about this, by the way. I'd thrown out the idea of a live podcast, and we were sort of like, remember? We were, and then you were like, well, I could probably get the Nerdist showroom to do it. And, yeah. But it all seemed very complicated. Yes. Someone wrote in, and I'm just throwing this out there. I thought it sounded interesting. Okay. Is this a living room in Canada? No. Oh. That there is a site called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. That does live audio. You can broadcast live audio. Oh, so you're te- you want us to? What the thing we would do is take live live questions, do live, a live podcast for live, everyone to enjoy. Exactly. I mean, we could do a. We could do that. Yeah. So you know, I just thought that's an interesting option. Maybe we'll sort of come up with like four different options. Yeah. And. You guys can vote on which option. You yeah. Have. But we got to get those pre-orders in, in order to have the options. Yeah. Well, also the options, I mean, it's a big leap to the New York Times bestseller list. It is. List, so. It's a big leap. But I think you can do it, honey. Thank you, honey. Your book is uh, wildly well-received so far. Thank you. 
Um, also, I pronounced Tupelo correctly last week. Tupelo. Yeah, we heard from a couple of people. Oh, great! Told me I pronounced it. Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Was there a question of that? Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Guys, if you're wondering why my math's a little fuzzy and what happened, I, this is the tenth podcast I've done this week. It's true. It's been a my first week off of work, so I did ten podcasts. Matt's just that kind of guy. <laughs> um, and also, someone recommended the Beat Infertility app and podcast, which apparently recommended our podcast, which is how this person listens to the Beat Infertility podcast, uh-huh. found our podcast. Now, the Beat, is that... What the, it's like, is Beat it? Infertility, you can beat infertility. Oh, I thought it was like, infertility with a sick beat behind it. Oh, not like... A side of beets? No. I thought... Like, that would be like if beets were infertile. Beets by Dre infertility <laughs> podcast? No. Um, anyway, they just recommended this app and podcast, which I have not used, disclaimer, but um, this person recommended it. Okay. It, that Passing some along people a recommendation. might find it useful. Um, so we're going to do a kind of abbreviated email, mailbag, and voicemail because we have this interview to get to. Yeah. Um, but so, not too short, guys. We're here yeah, for you. We are here for you. We understand you. that you listen to these things in a car or on a bus or on a train or while you're walking your dog or while you're hiking or while you're on a treadmill or while you're rollerblading down Venice Boulevard. Or while you're doing ICSI, as an embryologist told us. Or Yeah, or while you're in the process of shoving one sperm cell into an egg. <laughs> Hopefully the most beautifully shaped and modal of the bunch. That is so meta. What, that someone would listen to this while doing yeah. that? I mean, it's not total. Like, I would listen to a, like a painting podcast while painting, I guess. Would you listen to a guitar? Would you listen to, like, the Lutherist oh, while you were listen, repairing guitars? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All uh-huh, right. 100%. There we go. Or the Fret Files. You love the Fret Files. I do love the Fret Files. I find it boring. Um, okay. This is. I find this boring, honey. They told me. I'm just kidding. Oh my god! They don't listen. You're so rude. But I'm just like, think. There's people out there who do this. I think it's great that they do that podcast. I think it's great they do it too. It's just not for me. Nothing's for you. What? What? That Hi. is not true. I. I like so many things. You don't like. You don't let me listen to Howard Stern in the car with you. You know what? Part of it is because I feel like. Howard Stern comes with so many in jokes and like you have to know the whole cast of characters. He has his own vocabulary and mm-hmm. it's like I, d- I have not been listening to Howard Stern for 20 years. I don't know all of this stuff. There's like everything has a backstory. You can't just start listening to Howard Stern. Like he says one thing and you're like, oh, well, that's a callback to an episode he did in like, you know, 2002 with like that guy. And, and you're just like, I don't know. Well, and it's just a lot. It's you worth know? a jump in. You'd be caught up in three weeks. I don't think he really... He doesn't do three weeks in a row anymore. That's a lot of Howard Stern to listen to. I get it. You know, it's not for everybody, but I love it. All right. That's fine. You don't like the programs I like. Like what? Like Big Little Lies. I haven't watched it. Oh, my God, you guys. I don't like it. If you are not watching Big Little Lies, Mm -hmm. start right now. It is so good. (laughs) I am obsessed. That's good. I'm glad you found your thing. 
I mean, there's only your two, show. There's I mean, only well, there's only two, got, it's a you have billions and you got. It's a limited lives. series. There's only two more episodes. Well, and then it's done. It's done forever. There's not even like, you, that's because it's just based on the novel. They didn't expand upon it. Yeah, because it's a it's a, like a very standalone novel. Oh, all right. Um, which I recommended. Not like startup. As a beach read. Startup could be a not TV like startup show. a novel. Startup could be many seasons mm-hmm. of a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This email's from Lynn. She says, hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. No, Bo's not here. I know. Bo's home. Um, My husband and I are using an egg donor because I have no eggs, and my husband has super sperm. Whoa. I know. There are just a few close friends in my small circle that are aware of what we are doing, and we have not told our families yet. My friends are amazing and cheering us on. The hubby and I have talked about many times about if we should be open about IVF, or if we should leave it alone because it's nobody's business. We are not ashamed of having to go through IVF, but my concern is that when I'm being optimistic, the baby is born, or even as the child grows, that someone will say he or she must look like his or her real mom. Even though the baby would have my DNA also, I'm not sure how I handle that situation. Okay, I realize I'm thinking very far ahead, but that's what I do. Lynn, I do this too. My mom would call me a worry wart. I hear you both say just do you, but easier said than done for a worrier. So my dilemma is this. I teeter on the fence daily about whether or not we should let people know we are doing IVF or or page, page turn or not. <laughs> One thought guys uh one thought sounds like rush limbaugh i don't listen to rush limbaugh uh, he's always shuffling papers pointlessly <laughs> uh, well that wasn't pointless i know i'm just saying i was trying to finish like, lynn's email alike. one thought is that i don't want to deal with anyone's ignorant comments and the other is that i feel like by us not telling people it might come off as shame which is not the case my question is how would you respond to a comment of someone saying it must look like the real mom referring to the egg donor and any words of advice of whether or not we should tell our families. It's primarily his family as both. I think she means my parents are deceased. Um, and I do not have a close relationship with my older brothers. I just finished listening to the 21st episode. Keep up the great work. Can't wait for the next one. Have a wonderful day. By the way, it's good to hear you have date nights. We do too. And think it's a great way to reconnect outside of the house to help keep our spark lit. Got to keep the love alive. Thanks, Lynn. We already got our date night set up when we come back. Yeah. We're going to Regina Spector. Yep. And our date night last night was on a plane. It was a great date night though. <laughs> we didn't sit next to each other. I sat behind Dory. Because I wanted a window seat too. I needed a window Matt seat. Matt always gets the window seat, which is fine, but on a red eye, I just didn't want the middle seat. Then I was sitting next to this 10-year-old kid. Even in first class, I won't take a aisle seat. Who had the nerve to ask me if I would switch seats. The kid didn't know from nothing. He didn't know how to operate a seatbelt. He didn't know how to use the plane seatbelt. He seat didn't belt. know how to use the plane seatbelt. And I just go, he didn't even finish asking. And I just go, if you're asking me to switch seats, the answer is no. And he's like, oh, but uh, I go, No. <laughs> it's good you put your foot down you know what and i thought oh this is a kid who's not used to hearing no right oh my god when he was trying to get up and the dude next to him had already had a sleep mask on well he was trying to get up when the plane was taxiing it's crazy and i was like oh what is happening I think it was very clear he had never been on a plane before or hadn't been on a plane since he was a toddler yeah or hadn't been on a plane without his mom sitting next to him 
Anyway, we digress. We did digress. Lynn had a very serious Lynn, you've got issue. a situation. I have an unorthodox uh, solution. What is it? Get an egg donor who looks just like you. You can choose. Yeah. And you That's know, quite a solution. Like, I don't know. Then I mean, you're thinking outside the box. I'm thinking outside the box here. I'm just thinking, you know what? If you want to just avoid all these questions of whether or not the child looks like you, just select an egg donor that looks like you. If that's really your main concern. If, if that is your, which it sounds like it might be. Yeah, but if your other concern is like you don't know who to tell, I, I don't know if that is anybody's business. I it's think, not. You know, um, hard for us to say that as we yeah. do a podcast that is nobody's <laughs> business every week. Um, I found that when we started talking about it in life, uh, we just found more and more people who had gone through it or were going through it and we were just like, why doesn't anyone talk about this? Yeah. Now you might not be comfortable with talking about it and that's totally up to you, but I think you'd find that if you do talk about it, you'll get more understanding and less judgment than you think. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I'm always expecting the worst in terms of judgment and I've so far been like pretty pleasantly surprised. But on the bright side, you can share and talk about it with us. Yeah. We're not going to judge you. And you know what? You also I don't have... Except you, the fact that your husband has super sperm, whatever. You also don't have to decide right now. That's true, too. Like, maybe... But if you're, like, if it's affecting your life and yeah. it's, like, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're finding it uh, daunting and, and, and you're stressed out and, you know, you're behaving differently and people might want to... If you feel like you owe somebody an explanation as to why you're being ornery or withdrawn, then maybe it's something you should think about discussing well you could also vaguely say i have some medical issues yeah totally i mean and also like also i should just i should have said this in the beginning but like there's no shame in using an egg donor no so you know i think like maybe that is a stigma that is still there i mean the only reason we haven't done that is because we haven't had to right But if the second comes that we have to do either an egg donor or a sperm donor it's very likely that we're going to do either Although, you did not always feel that way. No. But, you know, having Bo really just changed my outlook on I love that that happened. Adopted things. I love that that happened. What, that Bo is my world? (laughs) Yes. And we love him. If you follow either of us on Instagram, you'll notice that Bo's in every other picture. Yeah. there's, There's a lot more Bo on both of our Instagrams than there are of each other. 100%. Yeah. I mean... And I only very recently made it onto the Matt's uh, lock screen on his phone because I got a picture taken with Bo. Well, it was Bo before that. Yeah, I know. That's and what I'm saying. I was like, well, there's... I a, finally made it onto your lock there's, screen. There's Dory and Bo. Right. Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm going to make my lock screen that really cute picture of the two of you kissing. Or he's licking my face yeah. and I'm scrunching my nose. Yeah, it's so cute. Guys, we have a lot of great time talking about our dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. This email I chose is soups long. You want me to read it? Um, Or do you got it? I just, I just wonder if maybe we should skip it because we're a little close. We're a little short on time. this We're not that short on time. I'm going to read this fun email first, and well, then, then we can read the long email. The long one, then. Yeah. This is from Janine. 
Uh, she says, please allow me to introduce you to my lovely wife's fourth generation family owned business. Smith's hot dogs. I'm listening. She runs the plant. Please check them out as they are the best ever. I promise they will blow you away. They've got wieners, hams, deli meat, sausage links, ooh, slab bacon, and more. All of it is delish. Bo would totally be interested in a Smith's hot dog. Uh-huh. You must try the Ox Roast. If you haven't heard of it, you're missing out. You can order all items online. You won't be disappointed. I just had to share this with you. This is not Where sponsored content. Where are they based content. out of? Um, I believe Pennsylvania. So it's an East Coast situation? I think so. Should I head to a deli now and go find them? Maybe. I don't know. So I mean, is it called Smith's Dogs? Uh, smithshotdogs.com. Smithshotdogs.com. Yeah. I'm going to try it out. Yeah. I look forward I mean, to this. There you go. We remember last out. week we had some very we had some dubious bad, hot dogs. Bad Hebrew nationals. That Bo, even Bo, our dog who eats poop. Who has eaten poop in the past. It's not a thing he does on the reg. Was skeptical. Yeah, he was very skeptical. Of these hot dogs. All right. Um, anyway. All right. I think we're going to have Matt read this long email. Okay, Which begins, hello, Matt and Dory, and then continues. I'm the back here. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what (laughs) but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason 
They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right. Hello, Matt and Dory. Just wanted to share with you all the results of requesting startup at my county library with the bonus that they ordered love mom as well. Am I not reading the right one? I'm reading the right one. Oh, well, I'm reading this one. (laughs) Honey, they ordered both your books. I know. That's so nice. Looking forward to reading both. You mentioned in a previous podcast how eerily close Matt has gotten with his donor predictions. Well, on the shout out you gave me, Matt was sure that I would improve on my golf skills. (laughs) I will just say that I grew up in a house with a putting green installed in the backyard. My entire family are avid golfers. Clear this was a sign to step up my game and get my handicap down. Well done, Matt. I've emailed you all before, but again, I wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast, despite not personally going through the child creation process. It has been a wonderful eye-opener into the true experience of IVF. My very best wishes to both of you and Bo, too, Jack Woodyard. Thank you, Jack, for getting your email accidentally read by me. So, should we do a voicemail before we do this long ass email? I'm I'm confused as to where this email starts. I just said to Dory, I'm very confused as to where the email starts, and now she's taking it from me. Hello, Matt and Dory. Oh, it's just the top line. Yes, that you is. You gotta work it, off on your page breaks said. here. You did? Yeah, I, I did. I said, I I'm that? reading I'm reading Hello, Mandori, and then it continues here, and I handed it to you, and then for some reason, you flipped it over. Oh. And then I went to another one that yeah. said, hey, Mandori. Crazy. Hello, Mandori. Uh, the wife and I have been listening to your podcast since January, though I started it in November. Longtime Nerdist fan and Matt Myra fan. Quickly becoming a fan of Dory and the podcast, too. We Thank are you. really pulling for you guys and uh, guys here, and this will work out for both of you. My wife and I had emailed some time back, and we did not hear or read a reply, and that is probably due to the high volume of emails you get, and we totally understand Sorry if about it got that. lost in the shuffle if it never reached you. My question for you guys will venture off from my wife's, since it looks like we are going to begin this journey very soon. Welcome. We've been married since 2013, and we have tried the sex way uh, f- uh, off and on for the Bambino or Bambinos, and no such luck. About two years ago, we went to an IVF clinic here in Orange County. My wife was about to cancel that appointment, since at the time she did not realize that there would be a hefty price tag just to talk to them about this. Oh, yeah. So, she went to cancel. They decided to see us for free for about 30 minutes or so. We were so overwhelmed with all the information that... Uh, that this will cost this much and this will cost that much and so on, that we decided to hold off and see about trying for kids on our own. Well, two years later, and still no regrets, even though we've been trying for four years. 
So our journey into this foray will begin on April 6th with our first real consulting appointment. Having listened to your podcast and also enjoyed your Facebook group, we have a better understanding of what to expect with costs, meds, and all that entails in this process. It must be crazy to get blindsided. Yeah. You know? Uh, for 2017, we've begun the process to save all copays, prescriptions, and lab work costs associated with the medical expenses. Since I'm curious to see if we have gotten close uh, or not in next year's filing, the example they have on Google, uh, it says your combined income is $100,000. You need to spend at least $10,000 on medical expenses to write off. Has your tax person had you guys do this for your cycles? Or is it much more complicated financial matter when it comes to taxes? No, it's 10% of the income. Anything over 10% we can write off. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're like making a million bucks a year, if you're doing a couple rounds of IVF a year that are not covered by insurance, yeah. you're probably going to be able to write some stuff off. We did three. We got to write stuff off. Uh, we enjoy your podcast immensely. It has become our Monday night dinner ritual. On another note, Matt. I'm the guy that tweeted you a picture of the Cheers trivia game I found at an antique store while visiting Glendale, Arizona back in February. Have you ever played the Cheers trivia game? And were you good at it? I have not played the Cheers trivia game. And would I be good at it? Probably. <laughs> uh, also, should you should there be more left-handed things out there for us left-handed people since we are few and far between? I think there should always be more left-handed things. Officially, that's my stance. Dory, we pre-ordered Startup. A novel this Thank you. weekend, as well as making a small donation so we can hear Matt guess what it is that my wife and I do. We are wishing you good luck in your venture into becoming parents. All the best to you two and Bo as well. It's lovely. Um, I think it's time to play a voicemail. Hang on. Did I get there? Cheers, Mark and Amy Huruchi. There you I go. I see what you mean about these headphones. Yeah. They're bad. Guys, I have these Bose headphones that are supposed to be noise canceling. But what they instead what they do is cancel out all sound. Correct. Including what's supposed to be coming through the headphones. All right. Here we go. Hi, my name's Amy, and I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. And I wanted to, first of all, say thank you so much for your podcast. I have gone through IVF for my first child, and we're getting ready to do a frozen embryo transfer for our hopefully second child. And this has made me laugh and cry for you guys, and I'm just so grateful for that. Um, And I wanted a couple comments to say a couple comments. Mm-hmm. I wanted to recommend using the SART website that the embryologist recommended. We had moved in between our two IVF cycles and due to my husband's work and when I came to our new town, people were recommending a certain reproductive endocrinologist. And when I used the SART website, I found out that he had much lower success rates. And I would have used him Mm. because everybody said he was really nice. But thankfully, I didn't. And I met another clinic that has a much higher success rate. They don't specify by which provider is most successful. um, But I think I have better odds of getting pregnant because of that website. So I just wanted to pass it on to other listeners if they're trying to decide what clinic to go to. And that being said, I also wanted to comment that We moved only three hours away, but our two IVF clinics have completely different protocols. 
and I'm doing completely different medications, completely different treatment plans. Mm. At my old clinic, I was going in every two days for labs, every two days for ultrasounds, and at my new clinic, I'm only going in every two weeks. It's pretty incredible how much of a difference each clinic can be. And my last comment is that I think you guys should come to Nashville for a podcast. You always talk about going to Canada, uh-huh. but it seems like you've talked about Nashville quite a bit. Let's go to Dom, your frequent caller, is from Nashville, That's and true. you can come and play video games with him. Uh-huh. You have also talked about Tennessee IDF legislation, yep. which, by the way, I oh, have yeah. called my senator. Thank you. And um, and you've also talked about Brad Paisley's guitars. He has some pretty <laughs> sweet guitar shops. And That's true. I think you should come. You would like it. Thanks so much, and appreciate your podcast. Well, thank you for that voicemail. We've also talked about Brad Paisley's wife. We have talked about Brad, but I mean, it's I got there by Brad Paisley's I guitars. I know. I would uh, love to go to Nashville. I've never been to Nashville. It's fun. Um, someone's in Zany's next weekend. The I think the Nerdist Pod, the Nerdist Network's Bachelor podcast, Bachelor themed podcast is. Uh, oh. At Zany's in Nashville this weekend. Cool. Maybe it already passed. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Use the SART website. SART. And it's yeah, like a fart, I mean, and and also, I mean, that just like confirms something that we were talking about recently. Oh, we were talking about with my brother and his wife that like all of this is just like it's it it is a science, but it's also an art. Like like the fact that you could have completely different protocols at two different clinics. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I had different protocols with two different doctors at the same clinic. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, uh, and I would describe them as very different protocols. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally they're the same as far as how often you were seen. Um, I think I went in one fewer time with Dr. Beck. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm going to play one more voicemail before sure. we read the next email. This this is in reference to something we talked about, I think, in the last episode. Hey, Dory. Hey, Matt. My name is Seth. I'm calling from Iowa. I just wanted to weigh in on the whole homeschooler thing that you talked about in, I believe, episode 21. I probably called you guys I grew up homeschooled, as did my wife, uh-huh. and we both turned out perfectly fine, <laughs> as far as I can tell. We both have siblings, however, who didn't quite end up as normal as you would expect. Um, I love that because it was just like a twist. Ooh, cut out this pod and post, huh? Um, no, no, we uh, talked through it. It was fine. Please do cut that out. <laughs> um, my siblings, I've got one who ended up going off to be a computer engineer, uh-huh. one who graduated law school, but then because we were homeschooled, didn't realize how important networking and building relationships in the college environment was going to be. Interesting. And as such, his career really suffered afterwards. Huh. Um, and then I've got two younger children who I believe my parents just burned, or two younger siblings, who I believe my parents just burned out and <laughs> didn't give as much energy to as they should have. And uh-huh. so they're still living at home at 21 and 22 with no ambitions. Well, it's just millennials so all around. You can turn out normal from homeschooling, but I think it takes a lot of really, really concentrated effort from parents. 
I hear that. Seth. Um, as well as, you know, the right disposition from the kids. You just gave me a 25% anyway, success rate. Um, I know this has been a bit rambly. I love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Uh, Seth, not exactly a glowing recommendation for homeschooling, but with the knowledge that you can come out. I just love that right. email. I mean, voicemail, because when it started, I thought it was going to be a like, I can't believe what you said about homeschooling. And then it like took a turn. <laughs> it was like, actually, it kind of fucked up my siblings. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can really replace the social interactions of school. I don't think you totally can. I think you can you can try to, but I don't think you I mean, totally can. I like can. the idea of having control over the child's curriculum. I mean, oh, but it's so much work. It's a ton of work. It's a, it's a ton of work. Like that, to do it well, it's a ton of work. And we ain't got time for that shit. Nope. Um, hey, Matt and Dory, I've listened to the podcast since the beginning, uh, because and started it because I listened to the Nerdist podcast and heard Matt talk about this podcast and some of the fertility issues there. Listening to your journey and journeys and the journeys of other listeners is a great help. And thank you for doing this podcast and for both being engaging and funny. My wife and I are currently going through our own fertility issues. We have a daughter from my wife's previous marriage. We started trying a few months after getting married in 2015 and obviously didn't have any luck. I went to get tested and found out that I have both a low sperm count and low motility. And the icing on the cake of the infertility cake is that I have low t- testosterone. My C- PCP puts me on testosterone shoot shots i must call those shoots to try and boost my numbers while my testosterone went up slightly my sperm count kept going down after nine months of shots i finally uh went to a urologist and found out that the testosterone shots actually sterilize guys oh dear i've since stopped the shots and have taken clomid supposed to work on the testosterone receptors that will increase the testosterone initially which will then increase my sperm count. I go back in May to see if the Clomid has helped with my numbers. I'm hoping that the numbers get better soon as my wife doesn't want to be an old mom. She just turned 38 and our window for pregnancy is closing. Good luck to you and yours towards pregnancy. Cheers, Chris. Chris, let us know how that turns out. And the window's closing, but it's not closing as fast as I think you think it is. Listen, every time God closes a window... No. He opens a window. One other thing I'll say about that email, though. I think it just confirms that you should see a specialist for this stuff. Like, primary care physicians are awesome, but they are generalists. Um, When it comes to this, like, specialized stuff, like, you should go straight to a reproductive endocrinologist or a urologist, as the case may be, and, like, really find out what you should do because... You know, you took nine months of testosterone and found out that it was like the wrong thing to be doing. Boy, that's a lot. So I think we have time for one more email, one All more right. voicemail, and then we'll get to some donors. Uh, well, actually, we'll get to the interview. Oh, yeah, the interview. And then we'll get to some donors. And then donors. we'll get to some donors. That's right. Uh, from Mackenzie, your snazzy cover art caught my eye on iTunes a month ago, and I'm glad it did. In the first week, I binge listened to all I could, and now I wait eagerly for each Monday. Never thought I'd say that. Listening to the love, humor, and support in your relationship has helped me further realize what I want in a partner. I'm 27 and live in San Francisco. Do you know any tall, sweet, funny guys that are smart in their <laughs> mid-20s to mid-30s? Guys in the Bay Area? <laughs> well, maybe. Uh... 
Matt, yes, Matt, it's turning into that kind of podcast. Dory, you should share the startup tour schedule with the Excellent Adventure gang. I'm sure I'm not the only one that would love to come out and support you. You'll be wonderful parents to a boy or girl, whatever it shall be, sending lots of love and baby dust. Well, do you know anyone in San Francisco for Mackenzie? Not off the top of your head. No, but I can, I'll think on it. All right. Um, I would love to share the tour schedule for Startup, a novel. Yes. By me, Dory Shafrir. Yes, by you, Dory Shafrir. Um, all right. Dory, we're going to kick things off in New York City, in April New York 25th. City. Uh, no, April 26th. That's what I meant to say. April 26th at Housing Works in Soho. Um, I will be in conversation with Jenna Wortham of the New York Times Magazine and the Still Processing podcast. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lively conversation. Um, April 27th, I'm in Brooklyn at Powerhouse Arena, a bookstore. It sounds like a boxing ring. but sounds it's a, like something. But it's a bookstore okay. in Dumbo. Yep. Um, and I'll be in conversation with BuzzFeed books editor Isaac Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Then we go up to Portland, Maine. Ooh. And, you know, I know we have a few listeners in Maine. Yeah, that's true. But are they near Portland? I'd love to find out. Listen, you New Hampshire people, too. Yeah, come Get to Portland. There. Just drive up to Portland for the day. It's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on uh. Sunday April Ugh. 30th. Get some lobster rolls. Get a lobster roll. Head over to see Doshi. Come up to the bookstore. It's at Print a Bookstore, which is a new bookstore in Portland that looks very cool. Mm-hmm. And I will be in conversation with a novelist named Annie Hartnett, who wrote this amazing book called Rabbit Cake that I just finished and made me cry. And it's really, really wonderful. That's true. Everything she just said um, is true. And it was the book of the week in People, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's April 30th, 3 p.m., print a bookstore in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Monday, May 1st at 7 p.m., I uh, am at Boston's Trident Booksellers and Cafe, a place that I spent a lot of time in high school on Newbury Street. And I'll be in conversation with the novelist Joanna Rakoff. It's going to be wicked awesome. It's going to be wicked cool. And... Then uh, Thursday, May 4th, I'll be back in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I will be at Skylight Books at 7.30 p.m. That's true. With Jade Chang, uh, a novelist who wrote a great book called The Wangs Versus the World. Mm-hmm. Then we have a little break for a couple weeks, but coming back strong. Yep. May 17th, it's a Wednesday, mm-hmm. 7 p.m., Book People. Austin, Texas. There you go. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit in Austin. Get it? Liter- lit- literature? I do. Okay. Um, would love to see some Texans there. I know some, some some listeners in Texas. We really need to see the eggheads out in force. Yeah. Eggheads. Um, and then... Or should we call them adventurers? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Eggheads you're okay with. Adventurers you're saying no. Well, adventurers just feel so generic. Yeah. Eggheads also feels generic. I know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Um, May 30th, I will be at Stanford University Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. In Austin, I'm going to be uh, in conversation with Hugh Forrest, who runs South by Southwest Interactive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, May 30th, Stanford University Bookstore, 6 p.m., 
in conversation with Matt Honan, who runs the BuzzFeed San Francisco Bureau. Mm -hmm. And then on June 1st, I will be at Book Passage in San Francisco with Sachi Kuhl, uh, my BuzzFeed colleague who wrote a great book of essays called One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter. Which is a great title for a book of essays. Um, and then I will also be at the Printers Row Book Festival in Chicago the weekend of June 10th. What a schedule. Yeah. So I'm going to be a lot of places. Matt might be at some of them. That's true. I might be at some of them. Um, and I'd love to see some of you out there. I'd love to meet some listeners. So if you're worried about running into me, don't let that stop you. I might be there. I might not. Yeah. Um, so those are the tour dates. Great job, honey. Thank you. Um, all right. We have one more voicemail. Then we're going to get to the interview we did with Mark and Chris. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops. Sorry, everyone. Hold on. Technical difficulties. My fault. All right. Here we go. Hello again. It's the Duke of Bridgewater. What you may not have known, Matthew, is that in your improvisational comedy, you stumbled upon a quite real man who lived in 18th century Britain. And by saying my name aloud, you've summoned me back to the present. Oh, thank God. Now, I'm glad the two of you have had better luck in love than I. I was once engaged to the Dowager Duchess of Hamilton, but she refused to leave the company of her famous sister, so I had to live the rest of my days alone. Well, cheerio, and may your fate be richer than mine. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing you keep doing. I love it. You you inadvertently stumbled upon a historian of the Duke of Bridgewater. I inadvertently <laughs> stumbled upon... Someone as crazy as me, yeah, who's calling in this podcast using an accent <laughs> and is delighting me. <laughs> Thank you, Duke, for calling once again. Thank you, Duke of Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm so glad we summoned you. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. All right, guys. Uh, now here's an interview with Mark and Chris about their baby process. Yep. Uh, welcome, guys, or should I say, welcome, dads. Hi, thank you. Hi. You thank guys you. Was that a spoiler dads? alert? I didn't oh. mean to do that. Surprise. I mean, I think people were expecting it. Well, but... we, yeah. well, it's awesome to be back with the baby. All three of us are excited to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys have a baby now. We have a baby. We have a we have a five week old baby. Was Michael, it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Barley Kushner, MBC, MBK, K. Why did I say? Because I thought of NBC. I thought of NBC. He might want to remain anonymous. Oh, it's definitely not Michael Barley Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why would your why would your son want to remain anonymous? He's very private. Oh, I see. <laughs> He's uh. He's adorable. He was sleeping this afternoon and he's really a, enjoys a rain stick. Very cute mm. baby. He's a very nice cute baby. job, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, you got to listen to Mark speak for you. I did. And uh, how'd you feel about it? What did he get wrong? What did he get right? I thought that he was right in many ways. And. <laughs> The... <laughs> no, I think the emotional truth of what we went through was communicated very accurately. Yes. I think 
there were some things that were changed slightly, but I don't think they really mattered. As I is there anything that stuck in your craw of like, well, I wish that he had gotten this right, but he didn't. I'm trying to remember. No, the, uh, there's nothing in my craw about it. Um, no. Thanks, honey. Thank you. So. I'd love to just hear from you guys about the weeks between when we talked and Michael's birth. What went down? How did it go down? So, I don't remember. Oh, just, should you we just, remember? let's just catch everyone up. Let's catch everyone up. So, last time we spoke yes. was New Year's. Yes. And... We were, uh, so I, we were. It's now months, the end of March. And, and right now it's the end of March. Uh, and in between, we had a baby. Yes. So, what was going on? So, um, our surrogate was eight months pregnant at the time we spoke ish, seven and a half months pregnant. Sure. And at that point, she, so of course, she had had two babies previously. And she, both for both babies, she went late. So, they oh. had to induce. So, we had a good suspicion. That the same thing would happen again this time. And what was the due date? The due date was February 16. Did you guys assume? So why induce? Why not let her go late? Is it bad for a child to go late? No, it's just nice. Uh, if you kind of know that you she guys induced have a before, then you can just schedule everything. We can like drive out in time. Mm. Um, and the doc, I don't know. It's just like a control thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, and, science can do it. Why not yeah. do it? Well, I think that's important. So our surrogate was in, uh, lived in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and we live in New York City. So it's not like if she went into labor, we could, right. like, blammo, be there. Cause right. Because it's like a six-hour drive. Um, yeah, indeed. And it's a very straight, very Too straight far. drive. Don't that's care a, for it. No. Um, so it was good for us to know. I think what was what Chris did, which was amazing, is that as we got closer to the due date, uh, Chris started going out for every doctor's appointment. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. It wasn't that, well, I, maybe I went out for like two or three doctor's appointments. Yeah. So what was that like? It was really fun. Um, because, um, with a surrogate, the, the baby is not close to you daily. Um, so it was interesting right. trying to figure out like, what's happening? Is this baby real? Like what's going on? So for me going out and meeting with the doctor and the surrogate was very helpful because it made it real for me. Like here's our baby. Mm-hmm. Baby will be coming in a couple weeks. Um, and then I would come back and feel like kind of much better. Mm. But I think for Mark, he wasn't at some of those appointments. So he was just like, what's going on? Like, is our baby okay? Like, right. And so I would get to be in the room with the doctor and everyone would be like, this is going great. Baby looks healthy. Mom looks healthy. So I got that like in-person assurance. Well, I think there's a big difference, especially at the beginning of the process. Like, you know, like what you guys are going through. Yeah. There's so much testing, right? Totally. Everything is tested. Yeah. And you want to opt into all the tests. And yeah. then... It just seemed like counterintuitive. The closer we got to the baby actually being born, the less we're talking about like 
everything's okay. Like, I just kind of expected a call after every single doctor's right. appointment, like, kid's looking good. Right. And I, and I started to think... But it was well, more like, no news is good news. I think but... that's what they thought. And I was thinking, no news means, like, there are too many toes, and we're just... Or we're not, we're like, we're not looking into that anymore. Right, So God right, only knows right. it's going to be bedlam when the kid is born. Right. So it was really... It made me feel a lot better um, that Chris did that. Were you guys ever in touch with the surrogate just... Like, did you guys email her or text her, or were you only in touch with her in the environment of the doctor's office? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we were in touch a lot, uh, and more so as we you know got closer to the birth, mostly through text. Yeah, we didn't email at all. That's like texting mostly. Okay. Yeah. And it was nice updates like I have heartburn. So, so you were getting updates from her, but yeah. not from the doctors necessarily. We weren't texting or calling with the doctor directly. Okay, it was mostly doctor information through her, Got and it. then I think she sometimes would offer information, but also like it was a good thing for us to be asking her just because like mm-hmm. we cared about her and her mm-hmm. well-being and so that helped that relationship move forward mm-hmm. too it's like we were like we she could have texted us every morning and told her just yeah random things about like heartburn and how she felt right. we would have been, been interested she'd been through it twice so she was like that yeah, old hat i don't need to bother anybody with this oh yeah and actually that was helpful because she'd be like um you know i'm getting Braxton Hicks contractions. That's probably not the right way to I think say it. It's Braxton that. Hicks. Braxton Hicks. Guys, Tony I, Braxton I, I think contractions. I think it's Brexit. Brexit. They were. She was. She was. She was feeling she was Brexit Brexiting? acutely. Uh, <laughs> but she's seeing the baby try to <laughs> emerge from her EU. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got that news and got like, ah, oh my god, what the, what does that mean? Uh, and um, and then she, you know, followed up with. But that's exactly like what happened in my last pregnancy. So yeah. it made it made uh, it made every, yeah like that context made everything yeah. kind of much better. I believe you have to have had two successful pregnancies to be a surrogate. I believe you are right. Yeah, because we've heard we've now heard from several surrogates that actually yeah know the rules yeah 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 yeah. yeah. But but she was she uh, was is amazing. Um, yeah. She worked until the last week of the pregnancy um, and. What kind of a leave does she? Yeah, get what to kind go of, on? does she get maternity leave? No, so she doesn't. She so, just took off, but we pay her, right? So we we basically right. compensate her for. You give her a leave, right? And but things. Well, do you want to know the rest of the story? Yes. Okay, so we had a date scheduled for uh, her to be induced. Uh-huh. I've been calling it an induction, but I don't think that's <laughs> correct. An inducement. An inducement. <laughs> an inducing. Um, You're inducting the baby into the Kushner Precisely. Barley Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we started planning. We started, you know, and like doing like, and this was the moment where I think things got normal and also weird where we started like putting the nursery together, mm. but 
our kid was living in someone else's belly in Pittsburgh. So there was yeah. this weird thing. I don't know. I felt that way. I don't know if you did. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to know like how urgent things were. Like, right. do we have to have things set up like two months before this child gets here? Right. Can we just wait till the week before? And did you guys... What does a newborn need? Like, basically nothing. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. Just food. But I think Someone setting up the nursery <laughs> and this... Yeah, I don't know. I think setting up the nursery is also, like, a thing that parents do together more than, like, something that baby right. absolutely needs upon right, arrival. Right, right, right. Yeah. That would be my take. So a if you don't want to set up really? a nursery, like, you can get away with not doing it for a while. Baby just needs a flat surface, right? That's yeah. all. Mm. Yeah. Did you guys feel like extra nervous because you had lost the first baby. Yeah. Like right until the end. Super duper until the, actually even beyond the end. So we, so we went out. Um, so she, did you, uh, no, keep, keep going. Well, you knew, you knew I did was, yeah, no, you said beyond the end. So I was, well, I was just thinking of like when Michael was born, uh-huh. um, Spoiler alert. Um, Michael was Michael born. Michael was born. <laughs> like, do you remember, like, I, I, it was kind of the same sensation, actually. Like, they were holding him and they were weighing him. And I was like, is he, like, is, is he okay? Is he, mm. like, somebody, mm. somebody fucking say he's okay. Um, yes. Yes. No, I, I and then remember. I think I finally said, somebody fucking say he's okay. Yeah, and they were like, oh, he's a murder. He's the most amazing people. <laughs> um, and then, and then I still didn't totally believe them. And then, like, you know, a few, the few, first few days in the hospital you start to actually i think believe and um right uh i think because of what we went through i was sort of by my natural state was kind of not not yeah. to trust because everything had been okay previously right um right. but yeah what was the experience of watching someone give birth like for you guys how much did you watch I thought it was really, it was fun. I don't know. It depends what your relationship was with with the surrogate. But with us, it was the surrogate, and she also had her husband there. So he was really, really supportive of of her, and they were, like, close with us. They were, like, they knew we were there and that we were excited. And then also there was, like, four or five other people also in the room who were, like, the doctor and nurses. So it was actually, like, a totally... fun and fine like it was just a great awesome experience can you hear can everyone hear michael um yeah so it was so uh we also this was like a double luckout um because not only was our surrogate um super calm um her husband is a nurse so we sort of we were just in like amazing hands Mm -hmm. so when birth time came i think i mentioned um last time that in the contract you can sort of negotiate where you stand during yeah labor um <laughs> so crazy we opted not to um but it was i, I thought it was kind of great the doctor was sort of for whatever reason and maybe because he was in there it. and you guys had no. inspired so the whole thing was that the doctor was like i know what room we're gonna have this baby in and i know where everyone's gonna stand i have it all mapped out <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor this was, was like, like weeks before so he was fully very into it, into it. yeah because it's it's a new experience for for that hospital because usually you're negotiating like where the baby is and where the parents are. Right. Usually the mother and like there's one room to deal with and like maybe a dad, maybe not in the room. But for us, there's like this whole, for them, there's this whole other logistical problem of like, 
where do these two people go? Where do they stand? We've never had two strangers standing right. in the room before. So like, where where is that space? And so they were like interested and excited to yeah. figure it out. They were they were super. I think that the entire hospital floor was really psyched that this was Aww. happening. It was really it was really nice. That's we walked so in nice. like, and I think everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is yeah, that's <laughs> right." Well, oh, I had also that's s- them. That, <laughs> and it, even like uh, I'd gotten multiple phone calls from different hotel administrators to hospital hospital. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we did call <laughs> it a hotel often because we but... would stay there a lot, and, we, and <laughs> nothing had happened to us. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, it was it was great. So they gave us um, because of all that preparation. What was I'm really happy happened is that uh, we had a room mm. on the uh, in, in the maternity ward, uh-huh. and um, and our surrogate had a room. So um, so that you know she could after the birth she could heal, uh-huh. uh, and we could be with Michael and feed him and whatever. That's so nice. It yeah. was excellent. So we we slept in the hospital for two nights, three nights. I don't remember. Um, wow. So during the birth, yes, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he was her husband was up by her head, mm-hmm. um, you know, telling her to push and holding her hand and being amazing. And uh, I was, can I can I say vagina side? Yeah, Is that okay. I yeah. was vagina side. Um, sounds like I'm gay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a, some horrible death that takes no, over a planet. It's a, it's a, oh no, it's a marvelous thing I understand now, but, and I know it much more intimately. Uh, Omic- <laughs> Omicron Theta suffered from vagina side. <laughs> Let's go into a <laughs> synchronous orbit, Mister Data. Um, and and Chris was in the middle, um, and she she gave birth very quickly. Push push. Oh yeah, really? Yeah yeah. Well she. She pushed. Well, she was. She, they induced her early in the morning, mm. and then the baby came around four. So she had been like getting ready to push for a long mm. time. So when she finally did push, it was just like three, yeah. three times. That's amazing. It was amazing. Wow. It was amazing. She pushed once, and the doctor was like, "Come on, that was crap. <laughs> Give me a real one." And she was like, "All right, let's do it." And uh, and and so Michael came out beautiful, um, peeing and pooping. And all the best babies do. All the best babies do. Or Michael. Michael. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both? No, no, no. She was. I'm interested to know. I I mean, often the moms poop. Often the moms poop. Yeah. That wasn't the case here. Maybe she cleared out. She was like, I've done Sometimes you have an. Sometimes they give the moms an enema to get it all clean. This was ask for that. this was like at this point like anything like I, it, like I'm gonna poop all over you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and, laughs and nervously. No, 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 like I was. I think you'll be into it because it doesn't fucking matter because your kid just came out. So I don't think there's a scenario where I'm into being pooped on by my wife. I think there's one. I think it's when babies. <laughs> we are not German. <laughs> <laughs> um. Michael came out. I so right, like oh god, the cord. You're terrified. Ah, and it's and then he comes out. I cut the cord, which was pretty amazing. And he was perfect. They told us a few minutes afterwards. And those are I don't know. I feel like those are the longest moments of they. They felt like the longest moments of my life when the mm-hmm. doctor was holding Michael and bringing them over to the scale. And the hospital. Did he come out crying? He didn't, which I immediately thought, oh, my God. Right. Um, yeah. But then the, the doctor actually said, don't worry that he's not crying. He's going to cry in a second. And then he cried. I mean, he just probably was confused. He was, he was a bit startled. He was like, and I was like just I in said, this he nice, was in the middle of warm <laughs> environment. And yeah. now I'm like, 
out here. It's so bright. It's very bright. It's very bright. And these two... There's people yelling. Yeah. <laughs> and the, our family was right next to it. It was like very, it was very intimate. It was very sweet. Right. Our family, uh, some of our family members ended up coming to Pittsburgh. We weren't sure how oh, we had nice. wanted to handle that. Yeah. Um, our surrogate actually asked us if they were coming. And that, I think, in a way, opened the door for us. So Chris's parents are there and two of my siblings were there. Oh, nice. It was excellent. Yeah. That's, uh, they're close. They're in Dutch country, right? Your parents are there? Yes. Yeah. In Lancaster, they're like, yeah. come on, we can do this. Your dad's my favorite person, by the way. Aww. He's met him last summer. He's got a great beard. The best. He does. Yeah, you do strong too. beard. I know, but I respect a strong beard. <laughs> Chris's mom is also pretty great. I thought you were going to say Chris's mom has a beard. Like, she doesn't have a beard? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and then, and then the the rest of our stay in the hospital was pretty uneventful. I think the really magical part, or what I thought it was, so we didn't carry the baby, right? So yeah. right. So down the hall was our surrogate with her husband, who you know obviously had been through something pretty substantial, and um, they would. Because the baby is legally ours, like we were the only ones that could take the baby, so we would take the baby over to see them. Oh, that's And we nice. were kind of texting because we were a, a bunch of doors away from each other. So we were texting, being like, Are you up? Do you want to come over? Let's hang out. I think I ran out and got donuts, or maybe they brought in pizza. And it, it became like, um, like a really nice, cozy, warm hangout. Aww. And it was as close as we had ever had ever been to them because yeah. it hadn't been, yeah. it had been a little bit more, um, arm's length, like not clinicals, not right, but sort yeah. of no nonsense, not deeply emotional relationship. Right. But here it was very much like, I, I, I think we were so thankful for not just having carried Michael, but also how she carried mm-hmm. Michael, mm-hmm. that it was really just calm the entire way. Um, and, that she was so giving with like, you know, always this is your baby. And I think also, I think she also had an emotional moment though, really for the, maybe for the first time after she gave birth, I think she was a little like, oh. Mm. And, um, and I think that proximity helped everyone that we got, mm-hmm. that we got those like 36 hours to sort of be back and forth and just sort of with nothing to do, right? It's like kind of boring. Yeah. Um, so what's your plan with the do, do you think you'll send the surrogate like a Hanukkah card every year or just are you just like thank you? No, I think we're going to be in touch. Yeah. Um but I think it it's like a time-based thing. So over sure. time maybe less. Yeah. Um but like definitely I think she's curious and like we're still thankful. So Yeah, totally. But one thing, you know, we did and uh uh, Chris Chris brought her a push present, which I thought was amazing. Oh, that's so nice. And I highly appreciate it. I didn't think of it at all. It was a brilliant move. I like shopping for jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> and but what we realized afterwards was that um, we hadn't thanked uh, her husband adequately. Yeah. Um, mm. it, because we didn't realize what a crucial part he had played. Um, and I, I think it's like stupid now. It's, it's so obvious, right? Because it, she was, n- you know, nine months pregnant. Someone has to take care of the kids and make sure the laundry gets done. And obviously she's moody and pregnant and like she, he was 
yeah, so we uh, we ended up thanking him, and um, also her sister came by, and we realized how much of it was her kids came by to see Michael, how Aww. much of it was like a family affair. Yeah. And because we had never, and I'm glad we didn't, we didn't get too close that we didn't right. know, but in retrospect, knowing how much everyone was invested in this um, was incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, after After she gave birth, there was a bit of a complication. Um, she developed a postpartum eclampsia. I don't know what that is. I don't totally know either, but it's super bad. It's like vertigo and oh. seizures and blood pressure stuff, really mm. nasty stuff. So like talk about like a totally uncomplicated pregnancy. Mm. And then afterwards, complicated and this was nothing she had had before nothing she had had before and um it was and it still is she's she's just now kind of recovering oh wow so she hasn't been back to work yet and it's been um it's been hard for us to know exactly what to do and be there because we want to be there for her like it sucks that she's now in pain right right because of but and she gave us this amazing gift so she's and we don't want to be on top of her. So we're like, actually here, we don't totally know where our footing is. Yeah. So we've been texting like every other day, maybe with an update from her, how she's feeling. And we sent her pictures of Michael, um, about how he's developing 75th percentile incidentally. Oh, very nice. Right where we want to be, right where we want to be. Not too big. What is that? Like a C plus? No, no, uh, no. That's it's not how it that. works it's when it comes that. to babies, Chris. Caesar, whatever. It's really good. We're really happy. With it's past. Yeah. It's, he looks perfect. He looks perfect. He is perfect. Yeah. You just want to be above the fiftieth, because that's just so average. Because it doesn't. I mean, grading doesn't work like that. I'm just saying, it's just don't worry about it. Seventy-five is great. Yeah, worried. fifty is average. Fifty is fifty average. is a C. You can't fail. Oh, fifty is a C. Yeah, yeah. In this scale, in this scale, fifty is a C. What I'm making up now means that. But you know what? Like even if you models. are, even if you are the 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 one percentile, yes, you're not failing. That's beautiful because you have a baby. It's message, nice. Thank you. That's true. I don't know okay. having a child in the one percentile. <laughs> well, now. I mean, what would that be like? It seems like that would be like negative height. Well, it's like a light. It would just be a little little boo-boo. But I guess that, yeah, or like preemies probably. Yeah. Mm. Um, We, but it's weird. Now we're kind of like, Michael's healthy, Michael's beautiful, and we're acclimating to being dads. And we know that we want another baby. Mm -hmm. So it's a little like, when's it okay to start thinking about having another baby? Uh, A follow-up to that you're not going to use the same surrogate, would you? We really wanted to. But oh, I think in I light of her medical, it's probably not a good idea. Right. Yeah. And I think... Um, and we haven't talked to her about it either. No. Yeah. Because um, we were going to, like, obviously give her a second. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was part of the reason why we weren't thinking about it. But we, um, you know, it doesn't take nine months. So you want to have, have yeah. Irish... You want to have Irish twins. No, it's just, it takes a long time. It takes a long It'll time. take, like... 15 to 20 months. Oh, okay. So they'll just be regular. Yeah. Regular right. Regular sibs. Regular, regular sibs. Sibs. like two years. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. We're I not mean, getting any younger. No, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys probably have to start looking now, right? Mm-hmm. That was the idea. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because also it's not an immediate thing. It takes like... Right. 
couple months. That's the crazy thing about talk to them and then you wait and then maybe it doesn't work and you find another one and then. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about IVF and surrogates. It's like, it's not, it's not nine months start to finish. It is definitely not nine months. It's like a lot more months. Well, when did we start? You probably talked about this during the last podcast. I hope I don't, like, I feel like it's, we're three years in. Yeah, I think so. Maybe a, a bit longer. Wow. So it'll be faster, hopefully, because we have frozen um, all, the, all the stuff. Right. Frozen. You have the embryos. We have the embryos. Um, Another boy? You want to go girl? What do you want to do? You can choose. I know. It's so weird. They're on ice. Uh, you know, people have gotten very upset at us for saying that we wanted a girl. Mm. Wait, why? Upset at you? Well, boys, no, your audience is I didn't know that this happened. So guys, we're discovering together. But I, but I, it's not I, maybe not upset, but more just like you should be grateful for any child. Some people can't have children at all. Mm. How dare you? You know, how dare that we? kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and I, especially, yeah. I get that. I get that feeling. I get that sentiment. Um, but. I think that once you start trying to make a baby with science, you just are like, you know what? I've had to go through so much shit. If I want a girl, I'm going to say I want a fucking girl. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. And you know what? And also, that is not to say that if we ended up with two boys, I would be extremely happy. I would be thrilled. But right now, from where I'm sitting right now today with zero children, mm. I can say, you know what? I'd really like a girl. That's true. And don't come for me. We have zero people. children. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that Facebook group? No, the, it, the wasn't the Facebook, thing, it wasn't in the Facebook group. Where was it? Where email? was it? You hear that email? Uh, it, some people emailed. Well, I think, I think... Are we going to read those emails? Yeah, they were in the packet. Oh, I want to hear Do it. Do we have the packet? Not on us. Home? We have no. It's in the. It's at well, the hotel. In the peanut gallery. We'll get the I mean, I can look it up. Do you want me to look up the email, guys? You're getting a special mailbag section inside right, the it's interview. Gonna take me, it's going to take me a second. So you well, guys I'll, I'll talk amongst yourselves. Uh, what? It, what now? Now that you've gone through it, start to finish. Michael's in there right now, crying and sleeping, and then crying and sleeping. Uh, what? What advice would you give to someone starting the process? Chris shakes his head. Chris. Yeah, there's no. I, I thought he was going to say something. It's just a head shake. Well, I feel like I you think, guys learned a lot from the first time to the second time. So yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the cliche is right that once you have the kid, you forget about right that, how difficult it was to get there. Oh my god. Sorry. Are we reading this? No, email? that's that's what I was going to say. It's just like there's really nothing. To say about the, I don't know. There's nothing to say about the journey. Like what matters is what's now. And I also think like, well, still, if you could go back in time to three years ago and say, I think honestly, like we like block it out of our minds. Basically, it's like you will forget a lot of this on purpose. It'll be worth. So what you're saying is it's worth it. Yes, go through it. But I think don't don't. Each moment, if it's hard along the way, that's a hard moment. But that's not what you're going to be stuck with hopefully yeah. if yeah. that makes right. sense yeah. like you're going to get through it kind of like this too shall pass kind of like this too shall pass yeah. but also I think 
as far as like, so we're going to, I presume we're going to read this email now. We are, yeah. So I think part of it also to address what, to pre-address mm-hmm. what we're going to hear mm-hmm. is um, this journey is filled with, it's not the decision to have a baby and to do IVF and to, or to do surrogacy. It's, it's a road that's filled with dozens of micro decisions. Yeah, totally. And it's hard to know which ones are consequential and which ones aren't consequential. Yep. And I have to say, looking back, like, there's like, you want to have a baby, I yeah. do all the tests. Mm-hmm. If there's a choice, choose whatever you want mm-hmm. and go have the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think the tendency through this process is to like overanalyze. It's so slow and you end up living with the decision for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Yeah. And I, I'm super happy, Christopher, that we chose sort of to take that approach with each of the choices, not to over research or, or over overthink no seriously like no, but like, we were we were consulting experts also but we didn't no, we, we were no well we no, no, well no, no you no. can be consulting experts so actually so some guy called me now that we've had a baby through surrogacy we are experts yeah and some guy called me you know he and his wife were having trouble i recommended the podcast incidentally thank you um and he's and I started telling him our experience. He's like, no, 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 I'm much further than that. I'm interviewing three. Mark, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but your arms are looking big and your traps are looking. Mm. That's well, because he has a trainer who he found on Instagram. I know, but I'm just like I'm a little distracted right now. Sorry, he that was a secret. Mark's arm. Chris showed him to us. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's magnificent. Who cares where you get the uh, I have to be work. a sexy daddy. He's we live in a work. very competitive neighborhood. No, he's doing good work. That's I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I was making a really salient point. I Matt. know, and I was just distracted was by it? your arms. It's, Mark is look at not, this. Look at this. He's what are saying? Definition all over here. It's just thank you guys. <laughs> My arms are not made for radio. <laughs> Matt, you're making him blush. Am I blushing? Yes. <laughs> what I was saying, it was really important. The you the small decisions. Now it's past that. And the the friends bigger. who contacted you. Ah, I couldn't believe it. And they said they're interviewing he was like, three. They people. were down to three agencies that they were interviewing, and I at first I felt bad, and then he told me, oh, you know, there are only 2,400 surrogacy births in America every year. Whoa. I didn't know. That's crazy. Mm. And I was just amazed that he knew, first of all, macro trends, and that he was down <laughs> to, uh, you know, three agencies. I thought you were going to say three potential surrogates. Three but potential he's agencies. agencies. And, and we were just like, oh, our friend told us to go with this agency. Right. And I don't... So we went. And you know what? Michael's perfect. Yeah. And our baby's perfect. Totally. So I don't think... Look, I wish him the best, but for the fucking heartache yeah. of going and interviewing and like... Uh, and like, yeah, obsessing and... I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently. Good advice. And now, now let's go to the mailbag, guys. <laughs> we're gonna take it. We're gonna dip our toe in the mailbag in this portion of the show. First of all, I just want to also preface this by saying that I don't know that we would have been so kind of consumed by the sex slash gender. There's there's also debate about whether you're supposed to say sex or gender. So now I'm just saying sex slash gender. Um, if our clinic hadn't told us that the first embryo we got was a female over email when we didn't even ask. Mm. So that sort of set some things in motion that I think we would have preferred to not have set in motion. Like we didn't want to know the gender initially. Mm. And then they were like, here's the gender. And we were like, Oh, Mm. Oh, all right. I mean, I, I guess if we're going there, you know, so that was a little just like, Oh, 
okay, well, now we know the gender. So, I mean, it feels weird to not know the gender of the other embryos that we get. And then, you know, and so then you just sort of, it just sets some things in motion that I think we didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, but anyway, here's the email I was referring to. This email starts with, you guys, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> We're all leaning in. Uh, do you know how many people can't even can't get even one good embryo question mark which yes we do because we said it on the last podcast we said that we felt guilty for feeling this way because we know that people can't get even one good embryo you feel guilty Mm. i do feel guilty i love your podcast and i think you guys are great but i have to tell you as a mom of two wonderful sweet loving boys your bias against having a boy is a little off-putting i'll tell you what i tell my five-year-old that I went through two years of infertility treatments to have. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. That's the worst like phrase that. I've ever heard. I like oh, that. I like, I like rhyming phrases. You get really... what you get, and you don't get upset? Yeah. yeah. I don't care for it. Uh, don't get upset about it. I know this you is hard, but I'm here to tell you, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. All so right, That's Miranda. like a positive, that's a positive message. This is, you guys are talking past each other. She's coming at you with a lot of love. She's coming at us with like us, us by no, she's putting it on us that by us saying that I would like a, like, I was like, oh, I'd like a girl first. I always thought I would have a girl first. I'd like a girl. If we can get a girl, that'd be great. You're putting it out that there. by us saying that, we are somehow negating her beautiful boys. <laughs> yeah. Which we are not. I'm a boy, a beautiful boy. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. I'm in you the presence good, of three beautiful boys right now. I'm Four. A beautiful Four. boy. Four beautiful Four. boys. Um, I'm surrounded by beautiful boys. No, I mean, I listen, it's hard to know what people are going to get upset about, what people aren't going to get upset about. I'm sure the fact that you guys are on here with a child will bother some people mm. who listen to this show who don't have children. Well, I think also... Like if this was a TV show uh-huh. and we could run on the bottom, we are grateful for everything. Like every, right. like we totally. can only have this conversation <laughs> because we're you know we can afford it. Yeah. We, we, we like things still work and we're young enough and totally. oh my god. And then we can talk honestly about like uh, like you know the, the I called the hospital the hotel the whole time or some bullshit. Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. Doesn't matter. But obviously this yeah. entire thing is predicated on uh, thank God. Totally. Totally. And. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, too, that, like, it's crazy that to do even IVF, Mm. if you don't have money, and not even, like, if you don't have a lot of money, like, you need, like, you can't be, you can't be poor, certainly. You can, like, barely even be middle class to do IVF. Like, you need to have resources that the average person does not have. Like, even if you're putting everything on credit cards, that assumes that you have a credit card with, like, a $25,000 limit, which not certainly not everyone does. Mm. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just crazy because insurance, like, most people's insurance doesn't cover it. It is just crazy. It's a terrible thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you get Michael. You get Michael. And he's perfect. And he's perfect. And we go to the pediatrician and we're just like everybody else. Do you like lift him at the park with a short sleeve? I say I bench him. What's it like walking around with him in your neighborhood? We haven't done it much because it's freezing. 
Oh, right? yeah. He doesn't have a shots. And he's a tiny baby. Thing. He's a tiny baby. However. Wait. Is it, isn't he going? Oh, no, he's going. They're like, he's got some yeah. of his shots, okay. not all of his shots. Right, right. Um, Fun. I don't know. We haven't really pimped out stroller. Oh my god! It's the but come on! It is the best. I I, I take great joy Who's in the, bringing yeah. like that. I see across the hall is a double wide. A lot lots of kids. That's in not yours. Place. No no no. We only have one kid. Yeah, I was we like, haven't been withholding. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> but we we baby Bjorn for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to get everyone upset. Okay. But like, I mean, that's, that's what happens the, at the end. You well, get to strap your baby to your all, chest. That's what we're all and listening also, and hoping to do. That's kind of what I think the moment of birth also kind of made clear is like everything that happened before the birth really recedes mm-hmm. into the past. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was excited about. I was like, and for me, I wasn't as concerned after he like came out of the womb. I was just like, Oh, thank God. Like we don't have to care about like all of those things that were consuming us for three years. Right. Like mm-hmm. now, like the next problem is like, why are you crying a little bit? Like, yeah. and that's a totally different thing than everything else going on before yeah mm. so it's kind of like a it's a very drastic change right and that's like yeah and does it feel less daunting to try to start to do it again now that you've done it, it yeah for, for me it does it feels equally daunting to me <laughs> just because it's about time and patience yeah. and like uncertainty and that's i think the thing like there's is a lot with a a living child outside of the womb but somehow, like all of the stuff leading up to the birth, is feels much more like uncontrollable. Totally, the uncertainty. Mm. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm being optimistic, but I think um, I feel like the, we built the machine last time. I feel like we know we know it's a slow machine, but we we the internal machine to be able to deal with it or no i mean um the eggs are frozen yeah we understand what right. it's like to negotiate a contract with a surrogate yep. we kind of also know what to look for in a surrogate yeah now. um i think yeah i don't like i don't want to be negative about it but we actually had gone through that entire process before and it didn't work yeah. so that's just in my mind it's like we could now go through a process that might not work right and falter a year into it that or part, anything yeah. can kind of happen. I mean, so that's that how sense, I... It's just yeah. kind of like every time is like a fresh chance. I think anyone who's had any sort of loss or something not working has that. I mean, you know, anyone who's had a miscarriage or a stillbirth or... I mean, even I am like, well, my first transfer failed. What oh, if, yeah. Totally. What if they all fail? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think that all the time. Yeah, so... But we have the benefit of having like a great distraction of yeah. a baby mm. to have during the other non non baby, baby time. Mm. Yeah. Pre baby. How many babies do you guys want? How many beautiful boys would you like? <laughs> Should I give Miranda my email address? Yeah. She can write yeah. Me. Um no we want girls too. Yeah we do. I wanted a girl first also. <gasps> I just wanted, just for the record, I just wanted but to help you. I'm making baby. do. I want a girl first because I feel like you, you, if you raise a if you raise a girl, little go getter, who can just topple the patriarchy. He wants to raise me. I want to raise a little go getter. <laughs> I want to raise a little. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to, ra- I want to raise the girl in that Norman Rockwell painting that is sitting outside of the principal's office with a black eye and a big smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I'm the one that had like, like just gotten into a fight. 
I can oh imagine. dear. <laughs> That's what I want. This is not going to end well. That's, Guys. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you the painting. You'll know what I'm talking about. Keep talking. So what do you want to put in next? You don't have to answer that if you don't want. We know. But we don't know. Yeah. We're going to do a girl. The <laughs> other father's sperm. Yeah. I think we want a mix of genetics. Right. That's so nice. So the, the mom, the egg donor is similar. Is, right. Is the same. What is? Oh, yeah. Oh, this picture. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a I, you know what? I don't think I've ever really thought like, oh, that's a girl in this picture. Oh, that's what I've always thought. Ah. I was like, she didn't take any shit. No, she didn't take any the shit. Other, you should see the other person. <laughs> I love the principal. One. And the, yeah, the principal's like, oh, uh, God, again. Her again? Again? Oh, dear. <laughs> and Rockwell really knew how to capture a moment. We're, he did. We're in for it. He really did. Maybe we should, uh, too bad he's not around. He could do a whole series of the IVF process, Americanize it. We could have a, the new Norman Rockwell, whoever that is. Research project. Do a series. <laughs> um, I think that's really nice that you guys are going to mix it up. Yeah. Love that. You mean genetically mix genetically, it up? Genetically. Sex slash gender mix. Sex slash gender mix it up. I love it. Guys, you're fan favorites, so. Yeah, you are. I mean, are we, we fan- yeah, we got, I forwarded you so many emails. You forwarded me. They were, I was, and I, I wasn't Mark, very emotional. I didn't had a, read a lot of them. I know. I had a good cry multiple times. The, I actually, um, I listened to our podcast uh-huh. uh, a few weeks later, um, and I was. You went through it, it again. Went you went to the same all coaster. over again. This was amazing. Um, I think, and thank you both for doing what you do. Of I course. think it's. Thank you guys for coming back on. And Chris, thanks for not being sick. Thanks for not vomiting and pooping out of your face butt. (laughs) (laughs) Butt face. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Good to have you guys. And now back to the end of our show. Well, that was a wonderful interview, honey. Yeah, I'm so glad Mark and Chris came back. Well, I'm so glad we came to them. We did come to them. They yep. did get us bagels, though. They got us bagels. They were excited that we were there. They forgot we were coming that time. Mark had just been in five cities in five days, so that's totally understandable. Oh, that's right. Um, all right. Are uh, we ready to go? We're ready. Well, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, you didn't, you didn't have time to get through everyone, so some of you were going to do next week. So don't be alarmed if you don't hear your name. And you donated this past week. We will get to you next week. To all of you who donated, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you would like to donate, you can go to excellentadventure.com slash donate. Any denomination, denomination, any amount is appreciated. Although I guess we do accept other denominations. Um, and we have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash excellentadventure. Can join us there. We are also now on Twitter at Excellent Pod. Oh, I didn't even realize that. We do have a Twitter handle now. Yeah. Cool. Um, and also, everyone who's left us a rating or review on iTunes, thank you so much. If you haven't done that yet, feel free to do it. Yeah. Um, all right. Honey, you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Let's 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 do it. Domini Damare. Uh, once got her foot stuck in coral while scuba diving. James Bond saved her. I feel like that might be a man. 
but okay. Domini? Domini. I don't know. Once got his foot stuck in Coralowski, <laughs> and James Bond saved him. His or her. Megan Cantwell. Uh, Megan always wanted to be a historical reenactor with a specialty in colonial New England. Laura Pipitoni. Laura dated a guy named Mike in high school. It was a mistake. Ashley Ann Jones. Ashley used to be in the 4-H club. She had a prize-winning sheep named Bari. <laughs> That's a really good sheep name. Mm-hmm. Um, Vera Thornton, who also added, I just turned 25 on March 18th, and I have a ridiculously long name thanks to my Roman Catholic family. Her saint name is in parentheses. Vera Ellison Germain, and then her saint name is Josephine Bakita. Thornton. Well, uh, what I can tell you about Vara is that she prefers Starbucks coffee to coffee bean because the coffee bean ice gets caught in the straw sometimes. Oh, that's true. Yep. Maggie Miller. Maggie believes the greatest food on the planet is the bread that they give you for at Bertucci's. Oh, it's so good. Leah Moliterno. Uh, Leah's favorite ride at Epcot is the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. Megan Hartley. Uh, Megan thought the ending to The Corpse Bride was terrible. And I agree. Mark Horiuchi. Uh, Mark wants to see the new Power Rangers movie, but no one will go with him. Amy Horiuchi. Amy prefers fire sauce to mild at Taco Bell. Catherine Zamoulis. Catherine's favorite song is George Michael's Careless Whisper. Um, and Catherine donated that in honor of the baby she lost on this date. Oh. I know. I asked her if she wanted us to say that, and she said it was fine. Careless whisper makes it sadder. Um, all right. Michelle Carrot. Uh, she bakes a mean blueberry muffin. Um, Paul Charles, and he donated twice this week. Yep. And is already a repeat donor. Yeah, well, Paul gets two facts for that. Yeah. Uh, First fact is Paul orders club sandwiches and then removes the middle bread. Oh, I do that too. Um, He also, the second fact, he hates pickles. Mm. I used to dislike pickles. Maybe I am Paul. Um, This is in honor of Anelia Holterman. Uh, Anelia hasn't been able to drink or even smell Jaeger since her sophomore year in college. (laughs) Kristen Anderson. Uh, Kristen thinks that Guy Pierce should have played Batman at some point. I mean, look at his jawline. That's mm. what Kristen's She's saying. She's not wrong. Stephanie Crop Jamberry. Stephanie went to a liberal arts college and had three different majors before finally settling on psychology. Andrew Steinley, another repeat donor. Andrew's going next week. Oh, all right. Oh, let me put him back on the list, too. I have to... Oh, no. All right. Andrew, we'll get you next week. And I believe the last uh, name I got with, got to on this uh, is Amanda. Amanda Waters. Yeah. Uh, who is, has a message of happy spring break, Amanda Waters, your husband and partner in our own excellent, excellent adventure, Aaron. So, Aaron... Donated in the name of Amanda Waters. And the fact about Amanda is that in celebration of spring break, Amanda will go to Costco and purchase a sheet cake with instructions for them to make it weird. Whoa. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. They're going to make it weird. They're going to make it real weird. Um, Let me know what they do. Yeah, I can't wait. 
Uh, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen more to get to next week. And then any of you who are kind enough to donate this week, we'll get to you next week as well. Um, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next Sunday. Like always, we're on vacation, but the podcast isn't. The podcast never sleeps. That's true. And just like I didn't sleep on that red eye. Yeah, but you had a good nap. I did. All right. All right. Guys, good good luck. Bye. Bye. Let's get a silver ball.